Hey guys, it's me, and I'm back with a new episode of My Best Vintage Life. For those of you that are extra new to the podcast, my name is Bridget Morawski, and I am the creative director of Baz Brothers Unlimited. Baz Brothers Unlimited is a vintage wholesaler based in Fresno, California, and Los Angeles, California. And this is your bi-weekly dose of all things vintage. How is everyone? I hope you're well. I hope you've been doing okay. Um, I am sorry for missing the episode last week. I was just really busy and kind of discombobulated, so I apologize for being a week late here, but I think I've put together a really great episode for you today, and I'm excited to to talk about it. So as always, I'm just going to do my normal little notes in the beginning. If you want to contact us, um, feel free to reach out at admin at mybestvintagelifepodcast.com. That's admin, A-D-M-I-N, at mybestvintagelifepodcast.com. And if you follow me on um, Instagram, you will have seen that we are doing a grant for small business owners that sell vintage. It's a $1,000 grant, um, and it'll be $1,000 cash or $1,000 store credit. And we just really want to know how you are communicating to your customers the importance of buying vintage and living a more sustainable lifestyle. Now, you can... Show us this in any medium possible, whether it's an essay, a PowerPoint, any kind of project you want to do, we're leaving it very open-ended. The deadline for submissions is July 1st. So if you listen to this and you want to get it in in the next few days, it doesn't have to be anything crazy complicated. We just want to hear your message. So if you want to send that in, it's to admin at mybestvintagelifepodcast.com. Social media, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. Website, check out our website, mybestvintagelifepodcast.com. I've started sending out emails now, which is really exciting for those of you who subscribed. Um, We're going to be updating the blog. And as always, you can shop for vintage fashion books and upcycled um, clothing and accessory goods. So good stuff there. If you want to call and leave a voicemail, my Google Voice number, which rings my normal cell phone, is 559-365-6743. And if you'd like to rate or review the podcast, you can do so on the Apple Podcast app or also at podchaser.com. I recently um, put a link tree, which basically a link tree is a link that you click and it opens up a bunch of other links for people to click in your Instagram bio. So I find that to be really helpful. So if you go to my Instagram at my best vintage life podcast and go to the link tree, you will see a link there that will take you to Podchaser to rate and review the podcast if you haven't already done so. If you haven't, it's a huge, huge help. Um, It really only takes a few minutes of your time. It's equivalent to reviewing a product that you bought on a website. It really just kind of basically with podcast is kind of similar to social media. There's an algorithm. The more ratings and reviews you get, obviously, the more visible you're going to be to potential new listeners. So it's really important to keep getting positive ratings and reviews, reviews being extra important because it's your words and people can actually see, is it worth my time to listen to this? So thank you in advance if you choose to do that this week. And um, let's see, I mentioned the link tree. Oh, my obsession at the moment right now i'm really loving flow um alkaline water alkaline alkaline i don't know i'm sure people say it tomato tomato um, but if you haven't had it it's really good they have a watermelon mint flavor that i really love and a cucumber one and there's a few other ones i haven't tried but really great for the summertime and keeping hydrated my um my massage therapist hands them out 
after your massage and it's just it's really lovely i think there's a strawberry and rose as well um not the cheapest thing but it's nice nice little treat if you need a little extra hydration so that's my obsession at the moment flow alkaline water and i wanted to point out that um I wanted to start um, book discussions that are tying in um, fashion and how fashion is affected by cultural identity. So I want to talk, make this more of like a multicultural um, conversation. Um, And I thought the best way to do so, I initially thought a library would be great, but that's not going to be accessible to everyone. And I want this to be accessible to everyone. So what I wanted to do was pick a book give everyone about like a month or so to read it and then do a discussion on Instagram. Um, And if you can't get on Instagram, then I'm sure I could send it to you somehow. Um, But like basically like a book club. And the book that we'll be discussing next month is called Something to Prove, the biography of Anne Lowe. And it's, I always say, go through your local bookshop if you can. If you can, it is available on Amazon and it's also available for Kindle for immediate reading. Um, but Anne Lowe was a really amazing lady. She um, designed dresses. Well, first off, I should say she's she was black. And she designed dresses for some really famous people and had a lot of hardships along the way. And I find her very inspiring and a very important designer in American fashion history. So I'm excited to talk about Anne Lowe. Um, and there's a companion book. Not I wouldn't say a companion because it's not written by the same person, but there is a children's book as well that looks really awesome. Um, if you have little ones or you know somebody that has little ones and that's into fashion, I think it would be a really nice gift for them as well so that they can learn more um, as we are going to. So the book is Something to Prove, the biography of Anne Lowe. Included in the title is that she's American's forgotten fashion designer, but as I had said on Instagram, I'm hoping to contribute to her not being forgotten and to talk more about her life and the amazing things that she did. So I'm excited for both myself and for you guys to learn more about Anne. And since I'm just now announcing that on the podcast, I'll give you guys a little extra time to get the book, read it. Some libraries might have it. I just know my local library, the Fresno County Library, isn't very good on stocking fashion books. Um, not a very popular topic. So if you can find it at the library, that's great too. Okay, into today's topic. So today we're talking about hiring for your vintage business, help wanted. <laughs> So I think that um, even if you're listening and you don't have a vintage business or maybe you want to start one one day, I think there's important things you can learn from this podcast. I mean, at some point in time, I'm going to do a topic that doesn't interest everyone. I'm sure every week there's probably some people that are a little less interested than others, but I do feel like the vast majority of my listeners um, have businesses of some sort, whether it's they pop up at flea markets, they have a brick and mortar, they have an online business, they have a combination of all three, um, you know, different levels of that. So I figured if you're at the point now where you're looking for someone, or maybe you will be in the future, um, this would be a really great episode to learn some things from, from both what I've learned, what arts learned, um, mistakes, good things, bad things, <laughs> everything in between. So I'm, I just kind of jotted down notes. I didn't really, there was no rhyme or reason to it. And then I kind of did um, 
some positive things and then qualities I'm looking for when I'm hiring. Now, we, we haven't been hiring anyone because we've been really not quiet because of COVID, but obviously it's just a different landscape here right now. But this is more just like when things get back to normal. Hang on, I'm taking a sip. Uh, we have some fire bur- fires burning kind of close to Fresno, and as usual, it's messing up my throat. So if I have to stop and take a sip of water, don't mind me. <laughs> um, oh, now I forget what I was saying. Shit. Anyways. Oh, it's just saying we haven't really hired anybody. That doesn't mean we're not going to be hiring in the future or that you won't as well. So just some things to take into consideration. And um, the first point I wrote down was to make sure the person understands what you expect of them and your aesthetic. Um, in terms of understanding what you expect of them, I mean, like, what are you, what are you asking of them in this job? Is it going to change every day? Is it going to be consistent? You know, be honest with them about that. Typically, when we hire people here, we do tell them, like, there's not a ton of consistency. There's always going to be different new projects. So you have to be the type of person that's on board for that sort of work environment. But, you know, you might be looking for someone for your brick and mortar that you want them to come in, you want them to steam clothes, you want them to do inventory, you want them to run the cash wrap, like very, it's just every day is the same exact thing. So everybody's different. Just be honest with the person about what you're expecting of them. Um, You don't need to have the same aesthetic, but just make sure that they understand your aesthetic. You know, at my former job when I was hired, I did not have the same aesthetic as my boss. I still don't have complete, I I appreciate her aesthetic more and I like it more now, but when she hired me, I was a completely different person style-wise. So basically what I'm saying is like, if you have more of a bohemian vibe, you know, don't discriminate against someone who doesn't because they might really understand what you want and what you need. It just might not be their cup of tea. So... I think it's really more about them being able to understand other people's aesthetics and appreciate it, even though it's not 100% their own. That is a key, and I'm, I'm saying this not only for hiring, but for people looking for fashion jobs. That's that's a really important thing is just, you know, okay, it's not my favorite thing in the world, but this is what they want, so I need to learn to appreciate it, to respect it, um, and I think that helps provide a better working relationship. Um, trying to bring diversity to your business. And I don't just mean racial diversity. Um, You know, I also mean gender diversity, diversity in in backgrounds. You know, I, I went into the fashion industry as a teacher. Most people have a fashion degree. So really look for differences in people that can, you know, make your business a more diverse place and make it you know, a fun place for people to learn, not only learn about your business and vintage, but learn more about each other and be more respectful of different people from different walks of life. Um, You know, make sure that people are okay with menial tasks. And when I say menial, I mean laundry, steaming, inventory, shipping, things that aren't necessarily creative. A lot of people out there are just looking for a creative job. They just want to do fun stuff all day. I am the creative director where I am and I don't do fun stuff all day. So I try to make that known before people come on board. Like, listen, this isn't going to be, I mean, there are going to be fun days where you do more fun things, but some days it's it's going to be boring and it's going to be tedious and that's just the way it is. So 
if you have a person that thinks that those sorts of tasks are beneath them, I would just say, you know, be be aware of that. Um, maybe it's not going to be the best fit, but you live and you learn that way. So just be upfront and honest about are there small little, I don't say irritating, but things that you know they're not going to love to do. If there's a lot of that, be honest with them upfront about that so they know and they can expect it. Um, when hiring, I would definitely use a cover letter for your application process. It's a really good way to get to know the applicant other than a resume. Lots of people lie on their resumes. That happens. Um, I know plenty of people who have done it. So it's not like, um, I wouldn't say it's the worst thing in the world. I don't think it's the best thing in the world. It depends on how much you're lying, I guess. But I look at it, a cover letter as a way to get to know people better. I feel like it's less robotic than a resume. Um, and it's also a good way to see if people can follow instructions. When I've posted jobs online, I've actually asked people, this is a cover letter, this is what I want answered in the cover letter. And I would say about 85 to 90% of people just didn't even do it. They literally, I think I, I would hire on Indeed. Was it Indeed I was using? But like they could answer questions like yes or no questions like do you have a car, do you have a license, stuff like that. Um, and then they would literally just attach their resume and not even answer the cover letter. And I had a girl um, who had a really great application and I reached out to her and I was like, I'm just kind of curious why you didn't follow the instructions to, you know, apply for this job. I said, because you have like really great experience. I said, but this is what I wanted. And it's kind of disappointing because it's I'm looking to see if people can follow directions. And all she wrote back was fuck you. So um, probably a good thing that that didn't work out, but that's a good thing to see beforehand. Can people follow directions? Do they read? Do they take the time? Do they take their time? That's another one. But do they take the time to read instructions and follow them? That's really, really, really important in any job, but um, especially if you're the boss, it's very important that people can follow your instructions. Um, incorporate a project into the application process. I've always done this. I've had to do this at other jobs. It doesn't have to be anything huge. It could just be, you know, how how do you see modern trends, like whatever the trends are of that season translating to vintage or what what remake projects, like a vintage remake project sounds interesting to you if that's something you do in your business, like if you're doing cut and sew projects or um, – you know, ask them about their, what's their favorite decade of vintage, who's their favorite designer, ask them about their favorite runway show, anything really like what are, whatever the things are that are important to you, I think are the things that should be incorporated to a project. But it's just another way to make sure that the person really, really wants the job, like how much work are they going to put into the project. And I think that's also a reflection of how much work they'll put into working for you, right? So I don't think there's anything wrong with asking people to do a little project before you hire them. Um, I think really asking people about their sense of urgency is key. I've seen so many people in so many different jobs. They just have like absolutely no like get up and go. Okay, I was assigned this, so I need to do X, Y, and Z. Like lots of like lull time, like L-U-L-L, lull time and like not, you know, kind of like, okay, come on. Um, I think it's good to have a strong sense of urgency and to understand, okay, 
I need to drop what I'm doing and take over this project because right now this is more important and this is where I need to focus my time and energy. So having a strong sense of urgency is really, really important. Don't assume or expect that most people know a lot about vintage. Um, I'll be really honest with you. Most people are pretty clueless as to how little they know. Most people think they know a lot more than what they actually do, and that's that's okay. Be willing to teach people. Be willing to explain things to them. Um, and, you know, remember there's not a ton of educational sources out there to learn about vintage. A lot of it is self-education. A lot of it is reading, researching, hands-on experiences. So, you know, don't assume that people are going to know everything that you do right off the bat because they very rarely do, especially if you have a lot of experience just like I don't know nearly as much as Art does because he has a lot more experience. I don't know as much as Rafi does because he has a lot more experience. So don't ever assume that people are going to know as much as you, and that's okay. Make sure that people value your time, whether it's showing up on time for an interview, showing up on time for work. Make sure they value your time because how I look at time is if you're coming in late, you're showing up late for something when I asked you to be on time, then you don't value my time. And I take that not offensively, but I don't like that. I'm a very prompt person. I'm always early to things. That's how I was raised. And I'm thankful that I was raised that way. So if you can really try to instill that in other people, it's, you know, it's such a valuable thing for them to learn is just being on time and respecting the time of others. Um, create a, this is another good one, create an employee conduct code to abide by and have them sign it. So we have one at Baz um, that really, it relates to like tardiness to work, calling out last minute, um, I believe we have like a drug use clause on there. And I would also probably add in something about cell phone usage because that is a huge problem um, at a lot of different jobs. I hear it amongst so many people I know, just people using their cell phones. I've heard some people I know say that if they use their cell phone at work, they could get fired. We're not that intense here, but I definitely think like having an employee conduct code, something written and signed by that person really does hold them accountable. Um, and if you wanted some advice on how to come up with one of those, I could kind of, I wouldn't give you the exact one we use, but I could give you some pointers there. But definitely things, just think of all the bad things that come up with like employees basically over the time that they're working for you. Those are the things that need to be on the conduct code so that you have some, okay, so you have, you have some form of accountability for them. Okay, you signed this, you said you wouldn't do this, now you're doing this, now we need to talk about it. Um, life skills are a huge plus for any employee. And when I say life skills, I mean the skills that are usually gained when you're living away from home, whether that's through travel, through college, time in the military, um, or, you know, maybe parents who pushed you to be more independent, or sadly, sometimes there are negative experiences in life that lead to people knowing more life skills. They might lose a parent. They might lose both parents. They might have to live with their grandma. You know what I mean? Like there's a whole gamut of things that really can help people, even though they're in a, not a great situation, but they become more independent through it. Um, and I do think nowadays you're seeing a lot more young people living at home for a lot longer. And I was, I was actually reflecting upon this as I was doing these notes because I remember my brother graduated college. He graduated high school in 95. He's 11 years older than me. And he graduated college in 2000 because they didn't have like a winter graduation. So he had to wait until 2000 to graduate. 
And I can literally literally remember him graduating. He was like 22, I guess, and just turned 22. And people were like, well, when are you leaving home? Well, shouldn't he be leaving home? You know, like questioning my parents. Why is he still? Because he lived at home for like two years after college because he had a really hard time finding a job. And people were really pushy about it. And back then, especially like where I grew up, like it was not okay. Like once you hit a certain age, you're supposed to be out of the house, which is crazy because... And I'm not saying one is right or wrong. Um, I personally preferred being more independent. I liked making my own money. I liked not, I I didn't really have the option to be dependent financially on my parents. Um, So I definitely learned a lot from that. And it taught me a lot about myself. Um, But, you know, nowadays with people living at home longer, I'm not saying just because you live at home doesn't mean you don't do chores, you don't help around the house. Um, but I definitely have seen a change in young people that they might not be quite as up to speed as where, you know, kids in their 20s used to be. So life skills are really important, whether it's, you know, I mean, laundry is a huge one. I've seen plenty of people that don't know how to do laundry or they don't know how to use a washing machine. They don't know how to use a dryer. They don't know how to, you know, clean a vacuum, run a vacuum. Like those are really small things that you're, you might need at some jobs, you know, somebody breaks something on your brick and mortar floor and you need to run a vacuum, like that, those are things you need to know or how to mop a floor. So life skills, I really love people who have great life skills. It's not something you can use to hire or not hire someone because that would be discrimination. But um, I think if people have strong life skills, it definitely makes your job a lot easier in giving them tasks and assigning them tasks to do. Um, I would definitely say watch out for what I would call shoppers or opportunists, um, people who are like strictly working for you to get, you know, um, material things like clothing, vintage clothing. I mean, there's nothing wrong with them having an employee discount or wanting to shop your collection. But if it seems like they're 100% focused on that and not focused on the job at hand, then that's probably not a good fit. Um, or, you know, people using the job as like an opportunity for social gain. Um, you know, they're kind of getting really, really chummy with some of your clients or, um, kind of putting their nose where it doesn't belong like you have to be able to draw a line there so there's nothing wrong with using a job for opportunity I know I mean my job at Urban Outfitters as much as I hated it sometimes was a stepping stone for me so we all have stepping stones but we have to know where like things get a little too pushy you know like I was not the type of person that would walk up to one of the higher-ups at that company and like put my hand out and like want to talk to them privately like I just I wasn't that pushy some people are like that and you have to know okay what's socially acceptable and what's socially not acceptable so just be mindful of people like using you or using your your business um, strictly for you know either material gain or personal gain transportation okay I think this is really important you know Um, Not all cities, not all places require a car, but are they willing to take a bus to get to you or take the subway or take the light rail, whatever it may be? Do they have the money to do that? Is there a stop for them to do that? Is getting to work for them going to be a chore? Because that that could 
propose, and that could bring about problems. Um, and then in terms of other transport, like say you want to go on a trip or a buying trip, take somebody with you. Um, are they going to be willing to travel? Do they like to travel? Would they be willing to split driving with you on the trip so you don't have to drive the whole time? Maybe you want to travel internationally. Do they have a passport? Um, you know, these are good questions to ask. Like, does transportation of any kind interest them? Because some people, you know, they don't think about those things. They're so hungry for a job and then the job, they get hired and they're like, oh crap, how am I going to get there every day? So make sure that that's something that um, you discuss before you hire someone. Pop culture knowledge. This is something that can't be taught, but it's a really great thing to look for in a candidate uh, when you're hiring. It's very important in the fashion industry. So much of our trends and so much of just fashion history itself involves people, whether it's musicians, actors, movies, TV shows. The references can go on and on and on. And if you have someone who comes from a background that just they don't get those things it can be difficult you know you might have clients who are looking for a specific type of band tee or they want to you know like it it even plays into aesthetics as well so if you can find someone that really has a love for pop culture and an understanding of it I think that that's a really great um, a really great thing for somebody to have in the vintage industry and in, in the fashion industry as well um, you know, understand where this person's inspiration comes from and, and learn from it, especially if they're younger people. I think you can learn a lot from younger people in that sense, like what what's inspiring them? Where, where do they get the inspiration for their style? What catches their eye? What are they reading? What are they looking at? What are they watching? Um, you know, instead of just being like, well, when I was younger, this is what we did. You know, be kind of appreciative of what they're doing as well. Uh, let's see. If you can't commit to a part-time or a full-time employee, you can always hire an intern. Um, some people are okay with an unpaid internship. Some people are okay with like a weekly stipend. Um, or they'll take the credit for school or a reference for school. It really depends on what their financial situation is and what their timing situation is. But know that hiring an intern is an option for you if you're not ready to take on um, a part-time or full-time employee yet. And I think, um, you know, if people, if you have someone that you've hired and you notice that they're doing, you know, outside work, so they come in and they tell you they've been reading about fashion or they've been researching, um, whatever that may be, it doesn't, you know, have to be anything crazy, but make sure that you reward them for that, you know, and even if it's just acknowledgement, like, wow, thank you so much for taking the time to learn about that, or that's awesome, what did you learn? Like have that conversation. It doesn't, their research doesn't have to be huge. The reward doesn't have to be huge, but I think it's really nice to just acknowledge it and make sure that, you know, they know you appreciate that because some people will actually take the time to learn more outside of work and educate themselves. And I think that's really great. Um, Be thankful for any promotional support they may give you, whether it's that they're talking about your business to their friends, they're talking about you on social media. Obviously it should be positive. Uh, maybe they're giving out flyers for an event you're doing or giving out stickers for your business or something like that. Be thankful um, and let them know that you really appreciate that support. And building morale is really important. Once again, does not have to be anything big. It could just be it's Friday and you picked up 
like croissants in the morning or you treat somebody to um, a lunch for their birthday or a birthday cake or anything really just every now and then it's nice to do things to build morale um, and you know just small ways to say to say thank you and also also it's a good way to show that you're learning about this person and you know what they like and that you you know appreciate them because you're taking the time to pick up something that you know they like or you know you got them their favorite flavor of cake or you got picked up lunch and it's something that you know they'll enjoy I think that that's a really nice thing to do um don't be afraid to have conversations with people that are difficult conversations but please don't ever build up anxiety in people over it um that was one thing I faced at my previous job is we would get these things put on our calendar called tbs they were touch bases and when you would get um a calendar invite for one of those like your heart would drop and typically they would send it like in the afternoon the night before when it would happen so like you'd be leaving work and you'd have to think about it until the next morning or the next afternoon and that was horrible and that was the one thing I said I will never do that to anybody I typically if I need to talk to someone I just say like right then and there or maybe I give them like an hour heads up or like hey can we talk after lunch don't build up anxiety in people especially if it's something that isn't that bad or isn't that crazy there's just there's no need for it Life is too short to feel that, (laughs) to feel that anxious. Um, And, you know, don't do work. If you hire someone and you're finding they're not good at X, Y, and Z thing, don't do that work because it's just easier for you to do it. If you see they're struggling, then give them a chance. Try, teach more. Um, explain more and give them a second chance. Now, at that point in time, it doesn't work, then then you need to reassess, obviously. But don't just say, okay, like, I'm going to put this person on, um, you know, making the racks organized in my store, and they, they do a crappy job, and you're like, oh, I'll just do it myself. The whole point of you hiring someone is to have help. And if you can't give them like if you can't trust them, then like you need you need to take a step back and reassess. Like I said, always give a second chance and then take it from there. And then um, I actually just listed a bunch of qualities. This was just like random things spewing out of my mind, but qualities that I think are really good um, for any employee, not just in the vintage industry, but a positive attitude. That's probably Art's biggest one. He loves people that smile, that laugh, that have a good sense of humor. Um, I think people that read are great. They're, they don't even have to be reading about fashion. They're reading about current events. They're reading about whatever. Just people who take the time to do reading um, and, and researching, that's, that's really, really awesome. People who are focused, people with a strong sense of urgency, once again, people who are humble, people who are organized, that's a huge one. People who are neat, they clean up their workspace wherever they may be working on a project um, people who aren't afraid to get dirty. That's a huge one, especially for if you're working in the vintage industry. People who are honest. People who are active listeners. Hence the, notice the active, <laughs> active listeners. People who take notes. If you give them a project, they don't just stand there, you know, looking at you and then like five minutes later, they're going to forget everything. They grab a notebook really quick or a piece of paper and a pen and they write it down. Um, people who check in before leaving for the day. Hey, is there anything else I can help you with? Or, hey, I did X, Y, and Z thing, but I have to go. Do you want me to stick around? Stuff like that. Those are really great qualities. 
Um, people who arrive early, like I said, being prompt and on time is awesome. People who have great communication skills, obviously, I don't, I don't think I need to talk too much about how important good communication skills are um, in any job or any really any point of life having great communication skills is, is very important. People who have a great sense of humor. Um, you know, we love to laugh here. We love to joke around. So I, I, I think that at least in, in our business, it's, it's important to us. People who respect authority. Obviously, there are there you will encounter people in your working life who just can't take orders from anyone and think that they should be in charge. So, um, you know, I also on the other end of that, like if you are the employer, I don't think like you need to walk around with a big stick. But, (laughs) you know, just um, have a nice balance of people who understand, Okay, this person is my my boss and I respect them because of that. Uh, people who don't play the blame game, <laughs> that's that's something that we've dealt with a lot. Um, people tend to, like, blame me a lot, or at least they did in the past. Well, I think Bridget did it, you know, because I think they figured Art wouldn't get as mad at me for whatever reason. So um, I've been blamed for just about everything that's gone wrong here, and I just let it roll off my shoulder. Um, but I can tell you right now that if you're in a work situation and you did something wrong, you should own up to it. Don't point the finger of blame at someone else. Do the right thing because, in my opinion, I'm going to appreciate your honesty a lot more than I'm going to appreciate your lie. Uh, people who aren't afraid to ask questions, you know, they don't think their question is stupid. They want to just keep asking questions to make sure that whatever they're doing, they're doing right. That's an awesome quality to have. And, um, oh, someone, the last thing I said is someone who has other helpful hobbies, skills. Um, maybe they're really good with social media. Maybe they're good with photography. Maybe they have done some modeling. Um, you know, any kind of tasks that maybe you don't have a ton of stuff for them to do that day at work, but you might need some photos taken or you might need someone to do a little bit of modeling for you or maybe to help you with your social media or help you with your website. Maybe they're good with website um, construction. So different things to think about there. So that's pretty much all I have. Sorry, that was like a heavy spew of information about hiring for your vintage business. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, And please, if you feel like I missed anything or if you have any questions, let me know. I'd love to see if there's anything that you've experienced throughout your time of employing people or being an employee that um, you feel would be good advice for others. So if you have any questions about the things I talked about in the beginning of the podcast, just rewind, go back. Two important things are the Baz Grant and um, the book discussion that we'll be doing next week about Anne Lowe, not next week, next month. Um, those were the two big ones. But in the meantime, if you need anything, want to talk, you can use all those different communication methods I gave you um, at the beginning of the podcast. I'd look forward to hearing from you. Um, and that's pretty much that's pretty much all I have for right now. Um, my, I have a really bad headache and my throat is killing me. So I need to, I'm going to go eat something because that always makes me feel better. Um, I did rush the podcast a little bit. Sorry if I was talking fast, but I'm just, I'm in pain. So, um, I hope you guys have an amazing rest of your week and I'll talk to you in two weeks. Please stay safe, stay healthy, stay sane.
and don't be basic. Bye.